you guys don't get to see the backstage when the guys are setting everything up and they're coming back. As they're walking through the back, they're going, oh, my, my, my. It's good to smile. Have you ever smiled this week? Try it. Try it. Some of you, it's like, whoa, I haven't used those muscles in a while. It's good to smile. It's great to smile. I'm not that good at it. I'm told I'm not that good at it, too. You say, always look so intense, Chris. So I try to smile. Why? See, there you go. Takes a little work, but feels good. So does this weather. Thank you for coming here today. I was worried about you. People are worried about you coming in the snow. I'm more worried about that. It is good to gather in the house of the Lord. And what a wonderful day we have to not only hear from God, but to enjoy this gorgeous day in February. Uh, that is good. And it's always good watching waterfalls and sun, too. I find that always to be relaxing, too. If you're visiting with us today or whether you've been here for a few months or many years, we are in the third and final week of our week of prayer series which makes up the month of February. We began by sharing a vision presentation in the beginning of February uh, called the Renew Vision. And what we're doing is this month just kind of reviewing why um, we love this name Renew and the power behind it and how we believe it not only serves as an incredible driver behind what we want to do for people as we share God's word. We want to see them experience God's renewal, but it's also a challenge to renew our community. And, and so I've been talking a lot of my own devotional life over the past couple years in preparing for that vision presentation of God doing some renewing in my life. And I pray it's encouraged you. I truly believe God loves rewords. You see them throughout Scripture. It's replete with, with words that, that remind us of God's goodness with the prefix re. We, we see uh, renew, redeem, regenerate, restore, refresh, reveal, rebuild, reward. And as we see these words, we hearken back to what God wants to do in people's lives. He is in the business of refreshing people. He is in the business of rescuing. He's in the business of returning. He's in the business of regaining. And, and when we process who our God is through these rewords, it reminds us that a refresh is available to those who seek it. But we've also reminded ourselves it's not something we can go do. It's something God needs to do for us. And so the first week we talked about David crying, Renew my spirit, Lord. We were in Psalm 51. David had sinned against Bathsheba, and Nathan had come to him and confronted him. He was caught. His sins were exposed. His private life of having an affair with another man's woman and then having him killed was unveiled like a closet full of garbage. We asked ourselves, which would you rather? Would you rather be humbled or humiliated? I don't think anybody wants to be humiliated, right? We'd rather be humbled, but David was humiliated. He was caught, and he said, Lord, I need you to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Have you ever prayed for God to renew your spirit? Have you been a little jaded? A little discouraged? A root of bitterness grown a little bit? Have you ever thought instead of a to-do list, maybe you need an on-your-knee list? Lord, would you renew this heart of mine? It's been beat up. Many of us are carrying wounds all the way back from our childhood. God, would you renew it? Then second week, we talked about renewing the mind. Renewing the mind. And, and, and we challenged ourselves, would we rather be conformed or transformed? Conform means to be a thermometer that just fits into its surroundings where a thermostat sets the temperature. Well, how can I set the temperature when this world around me says to think a certain way? I need to have enough scripture in here so that my mind is renewed. And I find in scripture we found that the renewal occurs from the Holy Spirit. It's his work. I can't go out and renew my mind. I need to ask the Holy Spirit to renew his, my mind. I know what a better place to go to than Scripture to do so. But the third aspect of this, and I believe one of the most powerful ones, to be perfectly honest with you today, is, Lord, renew my strength. Renew my strength. Many of you are familiar with the psalm, 
Isaiah 40, 31, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. You may have it memorized, but have absolutely no idea how to apply it. And my encouragement today is to renew your strength. And I believe it's more imperative in the 21st century than ever before. Because this is one thing when it's the closet of your sins. It's one thing when it's the closet of what you've allowed to be downloaded on your hard drive. Images you've seen, thoughts you've processed. It's one thing to talk about the mind. But then it's another when a lot of the struggle we're dealing with is self-inflicted. Self-inflicted behavior. I want to introduce you to my buddy Jacob. Jacob is exhausted. Okay? He's absolutely exhausted. You ever use phrases like, I'm shot. Okay, I'm so tired. I'm done, right? right? I'm dead. We, we use these inflammatory language. Uh, for example, like teenagers in America, which it's never true. Um, I'm starving. <laughs> Anybody raising um, teenage boys? Anybody? Okay, you ju- we just ate at Outback Steakhouse, bud. We're in the driveway and I'm starving. Mom! I'm starving, right? And we got a lot of awesome moms out there and they go get them some food or they hand them a Wawa gift card and say, get out of here. But they're not starving, but they feel that way. When you're exhausted, there's two types of exhaustion. The first exhaustion is from a really hard day's work. You're just exhausted. Your shoulders are tired, your, your, your back is hurting, your, your legs are sore. Young people, maybe it's a hard practice where the coach said, we're staying an extra hour because the way you played, and you're exhausted. We know that feeling. But how many of you have lived life long enough to know there's another exhaustion? And it's an emotional, spiritual, and mental exhaustion. Young people, if I could go up and ask some of the more experienced livers in life, which would you rather have? They'd rather be physically exhausted. Because when you're emotionally and spiritually exhausted, it wipes you from all the physical strength you had to. This is Jacob. He's exhausted. He looks fine, but you've got to understand something. Jacob has no margin in his life. He has no extra time. He has allowed the urgent to overwhelm his schedule. He lives off of alerts and the recent text and the latest email. He's going through life smiling and shaking your hand, but he is completely overwhelmed with all his responsibilities. And his unintentional schedule is now controlling him and not the opposite. And so he's speeding in his car. He's running into office buildings. He's checking his watch halfway through meetings. He's looking at his phone while talking to his kids. He is exhausted and has no margin. He looks fine on the outside. But when you look at his strength, it's more like this bureau. It's completely packed. And he's running out of fumes. This is my buddy Jacob. He looks fine, but he lacks nutrition. He lives on coffee and creamer. Soda in the evenings. And just trying to stay awake. He'll slam the latest restaurant with the fastest line. And rolls through his day, filling his gut with things that are rising his blood pressure causing his heart to not work as well, giving him acid reflux. And then because of how his digestive system isn't working properly, because of his horrible diet from his busyness, he is now getting stressed because he hears from the doctors things like, you need to change these things. This is my buddy Jacob. He lacks rest. 
When you go into his office, he has signs up on the wall that says, I do what others are unwilling to do. Over here it says, real, real entrepreneurs work 18 of 24 hours a day. He's got all his other post-it notes telling him to achieve, achieve, achieve. And so he doesn't rest. And when he goes home, he sits on his couch with his family and his laptop's open. Or he's in the computer room yelling out to them. This is Jacob. He has no rest in his life. He stays up too late and he goes to bed or he gets up too early and goes to bed too late. And you know what? He tell you it's not his fault. That's just the way life is. He doesn't take his day off. He fills up his free time running to all his kids' events. He's completely overcommitted, and he lives in guilt with the people he can't get to because of his busy schedule. This is my buddy Jacob. He lacks peace because he's been living so much without margin in his strength that when people inconvenience him, he yells at them. He's damaged his relationships. His marriage has been affected. His kids have been affected. His finances have been affected because he's so busy he's making rash decisions and he's even made some decisions based on keeping up with the Joneses that have left him in debt and now he's getting money that's already been spent in his check. This is Jacob. He looks fine on the outside, but his relationships are filled with tension. Life has gotten so busy, his marriage now is a sexless marriage. It lacks intimacy. He's basically living with his best friend. And he has so much baggage built up, the guilt and shame is overwhelming him. And something is going to break. Because he knows he's exhausted and he can only fake it so long before it gets exposed. This is Jacob. This guy is in desperate, desperate need of renewal. Heavenly Father, I think a lot of us are Jacob. I think a lot of us have wound ourselves too tight we're going too hard we're going too fast and for fear of falling behind the American dream for fear of our kids missing out on something another kid might get for fear that someone's Facebook life looks better than ours for fear that we'll never accomplish what we set out to accomplish we have exhausted ourselves and we sit in these pews today, and many of us are just plain shot. Lord, we need this sermon. We need to hear from you, because we've allowed this world to conform us into its image. And we're going to have to renew our mind, we're going to have to reset our heart, and we're going to have to have some renewal of strength. And it's not going to be a five-step process. It's not going to be a go do this. It's going to be, Lord, I need you to do it. We pray for humility as we hear from you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, here's my renew. Who would like to have their strength renewed today? Would you rather survive or thrive? You say, I'd like to thrive, Chris. That was a really bummer opening to your sermon, by the way. Okay, well, I got great news the rest of the way. Jesus is in the business of renewing people who are shot, exhausted, and emotionally, mentally, and spiritually discouraged. He's in the business of it, and he wants to do it today. And I have some really good news by saying that, but I also have some bad news. Here comes the bad news. He's going to renew you if you ask him to. Here, here's the bad news. You ready? You're going to have to change. What? You're going to have to change. Um, couldn't we just change my wife? Couldn't we just change my boss? Couldn't we just change my car that I put money into every week? You're going to have to change. Are you reluctant to change? 
or are you pretty open to change? They, they say in uh, business there's early adopters and slow adopters, right? Are you more a slow adopter or maybe you're just done changing? You, you know, you got to a certain age, you said that's ball game. We're just going to ride it out from here, okay? All right? Are you open to it or close to it? Can we just hearken into the business world for a second? Because they call it, in, in business world, they call it a fixed mindset. Ready? Or, or a mindset that, that's different than the fixed mindset, the growth mindset. Which do you think you lean on, okay? And I got red on one, green on the other, so you kind of know where I'm headed. But just watch this. Let's put it into some categories and, and help play it out. When it comes to your desires, are you more, it's fine just the way it is. Leave it, okay? There's nothing that needs changed. Or are you more, I want to maximize my potential. I, I, I'm eager to change and meet my potential. When it comes to your skills, look, I'll stick with what I know. Either I'm good at it or not. Let's leave it. Or are you more, uh, is this really my best work? What else can I do to improve and maximize my impact? Are you more a fixed mindset in effort? Look, this is a waste of time. There's a lot to figure out here. It's going to be a lot of work, so let's just forget it. Let's stay here. Or are you more in your effort? I know this will help me, even though it's difficult. Let's do this. Uh, how about in setbacks? Look, let's just walk away from this. I mean, really, who cares anyway? Let's just walk away. Or are you more, um, okay, I'll use another strategy. My mistakes will help me learn. Let's keep going. Uh, uh, when it comes to feedback, what do you like through change? Um, a lot of people have concerns, so let's just leave it. I heard a lot of concerns. Or are you more, look, I recognize the weaknesses. I know how to fix it. Let's keep moving. Or, or around your peers, hey, it's easy for him or her. They get all the breaks. Or are you more like, hey, I see the impact they're having. Let me try to figure this out. See, businesses say you'll have within your company fixed mindsets and growth mindsets, and you'll expose them when there's change involved. But the answer to all of this for companies is we have to keep changing. We have to keep growing, or we're in danger of being extinct. You say, come on. Okay, let me ask you this. Any of you remember Blockbuster? Remember Blockbuster? How many of you are old enough to have this happen in your life? Flip your phone open, okay. Hey, hon, can you go to Blockbuster? We want to watch a movie tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get it. It's Friday. So, you know, people are going to be there. You know, go to the new release rack, okay, and check it out. All right, I'll get there. Okay. Boop. Yeah, they're out of it. Oh, okay. Go check West Coast video. <laughs> Do you remember these conversations? All the young people are like, what are they talking about? Is this some ancient civilization? They were met with a decision. Change or die. And then this stupid little company came along saying, we're going to take it as a digital brand named Netflix. You ever hear of that? I mean, what do they know? Netflix. And they went digital. And now... I share Blockbuster, and our young people go, what? And if I say Netflix, they all look up and go, okay, I hear you. Some of you are like, I don't do that, Netflix. But they changed, and they adapted. They didn't have a fixed mindset. They had a growth mindset. Well, that's one thing in the business world. I'm here to talk about Jesus, Chris. Well, what are we called to do in our spiritual life? Stay the same? Are you told to... What you do, stay the same in grace. No, no, no. Grow in grace. We're constantly called to grow. There's a theological term for it called sanctification. We are to grow consistently to become more like Christ. That's just not the way I am. We're to grow to that. Well, you don't understand what happened to me. We're to grow with that. Well, if I'm going to become more like Christ, then I can't keep doing life the way I've been doing it. If we're going to find renewal of strength, you're not going to find it without change and willingness to let God change you. Okay, well, fine, I'm open. I'm open to this. I'm open, okay. All right, I'll try to grow, but just spiritually, not anywhere else here. All right, if I have you, or if you're slowly coming along, there's two words that are almost congruent with the renewing process. You ready? 
And they're, they're curse words. So if there's kids here, just I'll call them Christian curse words. Here's the first one. Wait. Oh, don't you dare talk about waiting today. Okay? That's the first Christian curse word. Wait. Brother and sister, if you want to see renewal, you're going to have to wait. How long? Uh, wait. What? What? No questions. Wait. And then here's the second one. This one's even uglier. You want to take a guess? Patience. The renewal process involves two massive words. Wait and patience. Anybody interested? Okay, you're talking to a guy who walks in the Red Robin and goes, no, let's go. <laughs> you're talking to a guy who pulls into Chick-fil-A and goes, eh, it's normally pretty fast. You're talking to a guy who when I go to download something, if I see that thing more than three seconds, just close the app. I'll try it again. Just hit refresh, okay? Uh, you're, you're, you're talking to a guy when my PowerPoint doesn't load right, I'm getting frustrated and hitting the button multiple times. So I, I, you're speaking to me too today, Lord. He calls us to wait. Isaiah 40 will be our illustration. It's the verse of renewal we've been leveraging in our series. I want to give you context. And so I'll jump into verse 27 of chapter 40 where it says this. Why do you say, O Jacob, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by God? Why do you say that, O Jacob? You say, wait, are we talking about Jacob? Jacob was my illustration. This Jacob is Jewish believers living in Babylonian captivity. They're suffering. And there's a, there's a murmuring going on within the camp. And that murmuring is this. Why doesn't God see us? Why doesn't God care? You see, when we're called to wait, there's a danger with it. Whenever we wait, there's an enemy who wants to sneak in and whisper to us, God doesn't care about this. When we're called to wait, there's an enemy who sneaks in and goes, you know he's really not going to deliver for you. When we're called to wait, we have this temptation to listen to these voices that say the line's not worth it. No one's listening and no one cares. But what's interesting about the writer of Isaiah is Isaiah's not approaching this from a why doesn't God care about me? Is he too good to care about me? He's approaching it from this angle. God, you are way too good to not deliver. So I don't get why you're not in this situation. Have you ever been there? Sometimes our faith in God actually is the struggle. I believe in God so much, I don't get why he hasn't. I mean, he is a good God. He is a listening God. And he is a God that delivers. And that's why I just don't understand why my wife has struggled with this for so long. Why my husband has struggled with this for so long. Why this is the call on my young son's life. That's what I'm struggling with. And it's those moments where the devil also likes to come in and go, it's because God's not good. Why do you say, O oh, Jacob, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by God? If you've ever said, I've got nothing to learn from Israel, if you've ever said in your life, I feel like God doesn't care about this, or he said he would help and he hasn't, then you can relate to this situation today. Isaiah continues with two rhetorical questions. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Folks, whenever you hear questions like that in Scripture, you're about to go down hard, okay? God is about to push on your pride. He did this with Job. Job goes, how can this happen to me? And God pulled him aside and said, have a seat, Job. Um, where were you when I created the waters and told him exactly where to stop? Where were you since you know it? Job didn't know what to say. Okay, we're really going to have something that is created. Use the voice that I created. Use the breath that I gave to talk trash to me? 
you only can think because of me. And you want to use the mind I gave you to question me? Sit down, champ. Have you not known? Have you not heard who you're praying to? You got a little God. He needs to grow in your mind. This is the God who is everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Do not be ignorant of his power. He is a massive God who created everything. This is like the kid who says, I don't know if my dad's going to deliver because, you know, he works there, but I don't know if my dad will deliver for me. And you go up to the kid and you go, you realize your dad is the founder, CEO, and boss of the company, right? Yeah, I know he works there. No, 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 no. You realize your dad is the founder, CEO, and boss of everyone there. He is completely able to do what you want him to do. He doesn't have to run it by someone. What blocked your knowledge of God that you think he's not capable? And then second, he says, this God, he does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Okay, I don't care if you're the president of the United States. I, I don't care if, you're, if you've got nine degrees and ten letters behind your name. I bet you have to go night-night. I bet you get tired. And you need your pillow. And you need to lay down and get rest. Or your body will fall apart. Why? Because you're created. God says, you understand I don't have to go night-night. You understand I don't get sleepy. You get that I don't get overwhelmed. Wow. Isaiah's coming in hard on us, right? This is a God whose ways are unsearchable. So all you brilliant people, if you think you're going to figure out God someday, you're not. You're never going to get there. Well, I'm just not sure what God's doing here. You may never find that. His ways are unsearchable. He continues. He gives power to the faint. Ooh, this is starting to turn. This awesome God wants to help people who feel tired? Yeah, yeah. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. You mean, you mean when I'm sitting there at school, and I open the test, and I'm just so exhausted because I can barely remember what I studied last night? I stared at it all night. I told my parents I studied so hard, but I'm just so exhausted and it's just not happened. You mean this awesome God wants to help me? Yeah. You mean, you mean I, I don't know how we're going to pay next year's mortgage? God, you know I'll think about 10 years, and I don't know if I'm saving enough for retirement. I'm getting older by the day, and I don't know if we should go there, or maybe the kids need this. God, you mean that same God cares about that? That awesome God Gives power to those who are worn out and he increases strength. Don't be ignorant of his character. Your dad loves to help you. He says this, even though youths grow faint and get weary and young men fall exhausted. I remember being in college and if we didn't play a good game, especially on any road trip where the school helped pay for our meals and stuff, they always actually held that against us, we would have to come back and we'd have these horrible practices. I mean, sometimes like 6 a.m. and you're running in the gym and I swear the goal was to make somebody throw up. And we'd run and run and our bodies at that time, I mean, they couldn't be any more refined than a college athlete with trainers who's working out consistently, who's constantly running. It couldn't be any more refined. I mean, we do these things called the ladder drills and we'd run and run and run. And the coach would say, we are going to run to win. And you're running and you're thinking things you shouldn't. But your body could keep up. But even then we got tired. If you told me to run the ladder drill now, I don't like what it would look like. And I might accomplish the task, but I don't know if I'd stand up the next day out of bed. I don't know. I'm leaning towards no. Because I haven't built up that endurance. Even youths grow faint and weary. But, or the word could be yet. And whenever you hear that word in scripture, you should hit pause and ponder the preceding context. So let me do it for you. But, in case you didn't hear, in case you didn't remember, 
you serve an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He has a power to do anything. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get weary. He, he, he does things you will never understand. And he gives power to the faint. And he loves to increase strength. Even though you get tired, that's the but. Based on all that background context, they that wait for the Lord. Wait. Wait. It's a continual word in its root form. Continually wait, not a one-time wait. It's a, it speaks to a root word that means to twist or to wind a cord. But what's interesting about the weight of Scripture, and let this word and let this verse come to life for you today, if never before, if you've had this memorized from your past, this weight carries an eager expectation of God delivering. This is a weight that says, I just know he's going to come through. I just know he's going to come through. I believe in it. I'm looking for it. I have put hope in it, and I know it's going to happen, and I eagerly wait. That is the root of that weight. They that wait, Oswald calls it, a complete dependence on God with the willingness to allow him to decide the terms. So let me, let me remind you of what this verse does not say. They that begrudgingly wait. They that complain the entire time they're waiting about God. They that question everything God did and whether he cares about them. It is not any of those things. It is not they who have to stink and wait for a God who I bet's not going to deliver. That's not the wait here. But they that wait for the Lord, they that eagerly wait shall renew their strength. Oh, so I'll just get fresh strength? Okay, I tried that, Chris. One time, I was praying, and I was like really feeling exhausted. I said, renew my strength, and I was like this. Nothing. Didn't work. Oh, God is so far out ahead of you on this one. See, this renew word here, it carries the idea figuratively, or kala, okay, is where we get this word. It carries the idea figuratively of taking something off and putting something else on. There is an aspect to this renew word that you could actually use the word exchange. They that eagerly and enthusiastically with great anticipation and belief that God will deliver, they that wait on the Lord will exchange their strength. That's the idea here. They'll exchange their strength. Yes, They'll pass off their strength for an exchange that's far better. How many of you um, maybe have had a toddler in your house? You've raised a toddler. And you get a call from your wife. I'll, I'll just do the dad. Um, and they say, she says this. Hey, are you on your way home? Yeah, why? Uh, he's waiting. Oh, what time is it? Well, it's like 5.30. You said you would be here at 4 today. I, he's been out there since 2. You told him you were going to build that little tool set with him in the garage. I did, I did, I did. Well, he's laid all the nails out. He's got the hammers lined out. He has a drink for you sitting on there, and it's 5.30. Are you coming? It's a little cold. Yeah, tell him I'm coming. Okay, does that mean you're driving out of the driveway, or are you coming? Well, it, it means I'm coming. Okay, are you on the road, or are you saying you're coming and you're still talking to someone you're about to leave? You see, your wife knows you very well. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, tell them I'm coming. You get home, you pull in, and there's the little guy. Dad, Dad, he never left that garage. Why? Because he knew you were showing up, Dad. He knew you were showing up. And when you get there, you're strong. And you take those same nails that he picks up, and he might hit his thumb, and you drive him in, and he watches. And you build that tool shed. And, and he gets and gets the paint. And you say, come here, bud. And you paint it, and you do this. And if you got little toddlers, soak this age up because they get to 19, and everything costs so much more. <laughs> but at this age, you build this tool shed, okay? 
and, and, and they don't want your help at that. But you boiled that stool and they're painting with you. And moms, we always end up, why does this happen, dads? We end up finishing the project and they're already in bed. <sighs> like, oh my word, it's midnight, but I gotta get this done. I gotta deliver for this little guy because he waited for me. That's the kind of weight of scripture. And that's the kind of renewal. They that wait, not they that push ahead and do it anyway because they didn't see God show up, so I might as well get this done. I mean, somebody's got to be responsible here. No, they that wait, knowing God's going to show up, lining up the nails, putting out the wood, we're going to get this done. I can't build it. I can't finish it. But my dad, oh, my dad, when he comes, I'm going to take my strength and what I can do, and he's just going to finish this project. And then that little toddler walks in the kitchen for his hot chocolate and says, you want to know what I built out in the garage? And you're behind him going, who built? Yeah, you built it, buddy. I believe God gave parenting to some of us, if not all of us, to teach him about himself. Because that kind of waiting, this eager anticipation, exchanging their strength for dad's strength, shall mount up with wings as eagles. That's not something a little boy is capable of doing. So what's he talking about? This is metaphoric. He shall mount up. You ever see an eagle fly? His wings are straight out. It almost looks like he's barely flying at all. He shall mount up. You ever get up above the clouds and just look down and go, wow, I made my house way too big in my mind. That problem doesn't seem so big anymore. It's fresh perspective. It's a supernatural perspective. When we wait for God and see him deliver, we get fresh perspective. He gives us fresh perspective, but that eagle puts his wings out. Have you ever navigated your responsibility versus the weight? But I gotta move, Chris. I gotta do something. I gotta stretch my wings out, but God's gotta provide the supernatural power to help me fly and get better perspective. 100% dependent 100% responsible. They shall run and not be weary. Just like we can mount up over the circumstances of our life when we wait for God, we can also conquer the challenges he puts in front of us. If I'm choosing to run somewhere, it's because I have a goal that I want to accomplish. Many of the goals God has put in our hearts and our desires are good goals. But he wants to help us accomplish them. He doesn't want us doing it our own strength. Chris, I don't want you trying to run the church by yourself. You don't got enough strength. Let me help. I kind of think it's mine anyway. Dad, I don't want you to lead the family by yourself. I want to help you. I'll give you the endurance on the call I've given you. Why are you trying to do this without me? I'll empower you with what you need to accomplish this goal. And they'll walk and not faint. I'll help you endure the discouragements that come with life at times as you're simply navigating your trail. I'm not asking you to walk through life and handle the discouragements on your own. I want to help you. Wait for me. Don't go ahead. Psalms 37, 23. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Is that a prayer in your life? God, do I delight in your way right now? Because in the waiting game, the devil wants you to not delight in the process, but passionately pursue your goal or the destination. God's interested in the process and he wants to give us the power he can. And we climb and we fight and we do whatever we can and we find ourselves in life kind of just at the end of our branch. We've done everything we can in our strength and we know we've reached the brink where we have given all we've got and we're shot and we're exhausted and God's saying, this is as far as you're ever going to get yourself do you want to do you want to just survive or do you want to thrive? I want to thrive. 
I want to take a step beyond my current situation. I don't like my emotional baggage, my closet just full of junk. I'm exhausted, God. I'm just defeated from my digestive system to the way I think, to the way I've been living, to the way I've been treating people. I'm shot. Well, then you're going to have to change. You're going to have to metamorphosis. And just like you see that caterpillar at the end of its branch, it's going to have to change if it wants to fly. Can't we just change my wife? No. Can't we just change my work? No. Can't we just change the stinking problems I'm going through right now, God? No, we got to change you. Can I encourage everybody before we do our application? Don't quit. When we're exhausted, we're so tempted to quit. I got some dear brothers and sisters in Christ right now that I've given that message to. Don't quit. Carrie Newwolf, we used a, a quote in our staff meetings this past week, and I love it. It says this. He says this. I truly believe we are most tempted to quit when we're right on the edge of our breakthrough. And I, and, and I got this just hint and, and that the devil has a scheme where he kind of can tell when we're close to a breakthrough, and he comes in extra hard. And we quit. Oh, God, it's going to be too hard to restore this. It's going to be too hard to reset that. It's going to be too hard to renew that. And we're tempted to quit. Don't quit. You might have to wait. But eagerly wait and exchange your strength for his. And in way of application, it's our second curse word. You're going to have to be patient. It's not going to be overnight. Pastor Marshall said, teach us, O Lord, the discipline of patience, for to wait is often harder than to work. In, in, in Psalm 40, David gives out seven things God teaches us through patience. Let's let it be our application. David says, I waited. I waited. I know how to wait. I waited patiently for the Lord. And you know what he did during my waiting? This is what he does. He refines our initial impulses. You go into a mall and you want something. If you don't have the money for it and you don't get it, it's amazing how you don't want it anymore when you leave. You want to go back tomorrow and get it? Nah, I don't even want it anymore. He refines our initial impulses. But David says, I didn't just wait. I waited patiently. Why? Why do we need to wait patiently? To remind us of our dependency. When you're waiting a line anywhere, you're dependent on someone else delivering, not you. You put me in a restaurant, and I'm sitting there, and we ordered our food, or, or we didn't order our food, and I'm like, you want to stay here? You want to go? No, we're staying here. Right. I mean, we could go. Like, five guys, we could get our burgers right away. No, we're staying here. We're just... Oh, sorry, you keep you waiting. Oh, no problem. Liars! <laughs> David says, I waited. God knows our heart. He knows when we're not patiently waiting. He wants to remind us of our dependency. David says, he inclined his ear to me and heard my cry. I waited patiently, and he inclined his ear. I got down on my knee for those listening. He waited patiently and got beside me. He inclined and heard my cry. God loves to reward our perseverance. He loves to. I believe that's the power of the persistent widow. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction and out of the miry clay. God loves to revive our past disposition. God, I was like this. I was like this. He loves to give us fresh stories of so we can go around telling people, I was like that, but I'm no longer like that. If you've ever had a toddler stuck somewhere and they're looking at you crying because their coat got stuck in a thing and you go over and you grab them and you put them in a secure place, you understand it's not their strength that got them out, it's God's. God, I've put myself in a miry clay. I need your help to get out of this thing. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon the rock, making my footsteps firm. He loves to reset our current outlook on life. He's in the business of doing it. He put a new song, David said, in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. 
He wants to restore our joy. And many will see in fear and will trust the Lord. He wants to refocus our mission. He's in the business of reads. The question is, are you willing to wait eagerly? And are you willing to patiently allow him to metamorphose you, change you? It's change is not going to probably come from anybody else in your house or in your life or in your school or in your class. You're going to have to change. And when we do that, David said, how blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to the proud nor to those who lapse into falsehood. In this series, renew my soul, renew my mind, renew my body, renew my strength. It's a, it's a threefold prayer that's asking God to do his work. I want to close by hearkening back in a season of my life where I got myself overwhelmed, exhausted, and discouraged. Emotionally, physically, everything, I was fried out because I was living life in my own strength. And I had reached the end of my branch, if you will. And I wasn't allowed to move into my flying game until I changed. I had to change my eating habits. I had to change a bunch of stuff because nobody told me at 40 everything starts to fail. Even had to go get glasses. But in a very discouraging time of my life, I said, God, I need to hear from you. I'm in a bad spot. I'm in a dry spot. And people are dependent on me to deliver. My family is dependent on me. And I am shot. I am exhausted. And I don't really want to go on. So here's what I'm going to do, God. I'm going to open up my Bible. And I'm going to read this thing until you give me something. Because I remember being back at this kid that you're going to use your word and it won't return a void. So here we go. And I thought, where do I go? I said, let's go to David. He was always ticked off and I'm not feeling that way. And so I opened up the Psalms. Folks, there's nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong. I'm holding it up. There's nothing wrong with a cell phone Bible. I love it. I got logos on this. I can click things. I can prepare an entire sermon on my cell phone. There is nothing wrong. Young people, there's nothing wrong with your Bible app. Okay, this isn't more righteous than this, okay? And when they came out with the codex form, which is in booklet form, the people who love scrolls were adamantly against this kind of technology, okay? So this is just a cultural thing, but here's what I want to tell you. There is something powerful to paper Bible, and I'll tell you why. No alerts come up from ESPN while I read this. No text messages come in. No emails come in, Okay? No, oh, I should quick check that and get back to it. None of that. And I'll tell you something even more powerful. Do this. Okay, God, I need to hear from you. And I opened up the Psalms. And I started going. Blessed is the man who walks not in the council. Yeah, whatever. Chapter 4, um, answer that me when I call. That's eh, not me. Chapter 5. Chapter 8, how majestic is your name. It's true, God, but that, no, no, no. 10, why you hide, oh, why, Lord, why do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in time? I'm, I'm reading. Get a little bit further. I'm getting tired, okay? That's longer than I wanted to read. Uh, chapter 11, 12, 13, God, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. 14, 16, 18, 18 is pretty long. 19, I'm going. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not leaving until I hear from you, Lord. May the Lord answer you day in trouble. Chapter 21, O Lord, the strength of King. 22, 23. Oh, we love chapter 23, but I've, I've got that memorized. Next. Chapter 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. I was at 32, 34. Blessed are the forgiven. And, and I was starting to slow down. I was starting to slow down. I was real antsy in the beginning, but by 37, I'm reading. 38. I'm reading the whole verse. I'm reading the whole chapters now. 39. I'm not going anywhere, God. 40, still nothing. But now I'm really processing. I've slowed down. I'm kind of waiting on God. And I'm being patient. And I didn't even realize it. And, and my hands aren't shaking anymore. And I'm not as frustrated anymore. And I'm at chapter 51, 52, 54. Like, man, Chris, you're stubborn. 60. And then I hit 63. 
I remember the day I read this because a teardrop hit this side of the Bible. Oh God, you're my God. Earnestly I seek you. I hadn't been doing that. My soul thirsts for you. I hadn't been doing that. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Father, renew my strength. I'm not capable of doing this anymore. I need you to change me. Show me the areas, God, I need to change so I can metamorphosis into what you want me to be. I want to exchange Chris's strength for Jesus' strength. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Heavenly Father, today as we close, may this be a day of refreshing for my brothers and sisters in Christ. May this be a day where they say, I have really tried, God. And they just feel your loving hand touch them on the shoulder and say, are you done trying? Because I'd love, I'd love to show up in your garage. I see you laid the nails out. I see you put the boards down. But you don't got it in you to finish this, do you? No, God, I don't. Do you want to do it together? I do, God. I do. Well, then follow me. God, change me so I can exchange my strength for yours. Renew my spirit, God. I've had a rotten attitude. Renew. Renew my mind, God. I've been thinking wrong things about people and about my own self, about my family, and even about you, God. God, renew my strength. I've been destroying my own temple. I haven't been taking care of myself. I've been running on empty, and I know I'm going to crash. Humble me, God. Don't humiliate me. Keep me from conforming and transform me. But God, most importantly, would you renew my life? I want to have a lot of years left on earth, and I want to live them for you. And I need to exchange my strength for yours to do it. In Jesus' name, amen.